welcome to our bonus episode of Exploited. I'm Alexis Chowski. I'm Kevin Daly. And we are talking about Moonraker from 1979, directed by Lewis Gilbert. From the most exotic locations on Earth, Moonraker will transport you to another world. Holly was a warm girl with the right connections. Could this possibly be the moment for us to pool our resources? We would be better off working together. More excitement, more thrills, more spills. And guess who's dropped in for a bite? Jaws is back. the most spectacular adventure in space, Moonraker. It's out of this world. What exactly are you up to here, Drax? Moonraker 1, liftoff. Moonraker 2, liftoff. Moonraker 3, liftoff. Moonraker 4, liftoff. city in space. James Bond and the treacherous Dr. Goodhead. Despite your efforts, my finely wrought dream approaches its fulfillment. Um, has the usual James Bond opening that we all know. It's classic. It's good. Great. Whatever. I like it. Music by same guy that did Star Crash. And it's a very similar score. <laughs> yeah. So Moonraker, the whole reason that this movie is picked is because it's intentionally ripping off the sci-fi hype that happened off after Star Wars. Incidentally, it was based on an Ian Fleming novel, but they actually bumped this one up ahead of schedule to capitalize on um, Star Wars. Because The Spy Who Loved Me ends with James Bond will be back in For Your Eyes Only. Which is exactly how Moonraker ends. <laughs> And Moonraker ends with James Bond will be back in for your eyes only because they're like, oh well, Star Wars is such a hit. Let's put James Bond in space. Uh, to be to be fair, they did end up with for your eyes only after Moonraker, but yeah. <laughs> Even though the original Ian Fleming novel is not about James Bond going to space. No. There's a Nazi named Hugo von Drax who's firing a rocket, a nuclear missile called the Moonraker. <laughs> I mean, look. Sometimes you just got to send Bond to space. So we get our, um, cause all the James Bond movies have the same pattern. You have the opening. Yeah. Then you have the bad guy doing something or MacGuffin happens. Right. And then James Bond makes a big daring escape from his previous min- mission and credits. Usually preceded by Money Penny making some sexual innuendo. Well, no, it's because immediately after the credits, he comes in to make the innuendo at Money Penny and gets the the, the briefing. Well, was, no, but he said something about she says something about him on the last leg or this adventure, and it cuts to him like rubbing up a chick on the airplane. Yeah, well, we get the. I guess we should start from the actual beginning. That's yeah, where there's a 
space shuttle. Incredibly dark <laughs> shot where you can't see fuck all. But you can barely make out a space shuttle strapped on the back of a like a Boeing. <laughs> yeah, seven forty seven, some some big passenger big passenger plane. That apparently the British are borrowing a space shuttle from the, the US. US. Apparently that's what's going on. Yeah. And the US pilots are like, Wow, I don't think we do this and this smug ass British guy's like, Yep, trust the RAF Some dudes pop out of beds in the spaceship like vampires rising from coffins. Yeah, and they just make off with the shuttle, which blows up the plane. Fly the shuttle and the uh, jet engines just incinerate the plane, which is probably what would actually happen. And I'm like, well, then why didn't they just fly the shuttle in the first place? Why did they strap it on the back of this plane? Save fuel, probably. I don't know. Because we learn more about that shuttle that it can take off and land like a plane. Yes. Even though we never actually see it do that. We're just told that it can. Well, you know it can land like a plane. I mean, that's what space shuttles do now, though. Like, today, all, all modern space shuttles can land like planes. Yeah, but in 1979, I bet that was pretty futuristic shit. That was probably, like, new announced technology or, like, something that was in prototyping at the time. And so they ask, where's James Bond? Oh, he's getting back from his African job. Which has nothing to do yep. with Africa, by the way. Just finishing up his last leg of his African job. Pan to him rubbing up a girl's leg. Yep. Way, 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 way. And she goes, oh, any higher and my ears will pop. That's right. But she pulls a gun on him and there's a big fight scene on the plane. And we have Jaws. Jaws shows up from the previous movie. Yeah, he was like a fan favorite of The Spy Who Loved Me, so they bring him back for this one. That's because Jaws is awesome. He is. Richard Keel has Jaws. Yep. His silent performance. Mostly silent performance. He he Groots it at the end. Yeah. So, in the same sort of way that Groot always says, I am Groot, and then he changes one line. He's silent entirely except for the one line he says. Jaws makes off with a parachute, and then Bond jumps out of the plane and chases some dude down to take the parachute. Right. This This is some... Like, a lot of it was done in blue screen or whatever, right? But, like, there's it, some actual skydiving stunts here, too. It looks really good. Yeah, it does. And, um, Bond gets his parachute to go off, but Jaws can't. And it plays circus music as he flails around in the sky. Well, he crashes into a circus, too. Sure. <laughs> That's why it played the circus music, but before that, he's just, like, it's playing circus music. He's flapping his arms at one point. Right. And oh, he screams here. We actually have a scream. And he crashes into a circus, presumably dead, since he fell from like 20,000 feet. Yeah, but it's Jaws, so. <laughs> He's like the Wolverine. His yeah, whole body it's, is it's made just, of metal. Just immune to everything. The uh, teeth aren't the only thing metal about Jaws. Apparently not. Well, yeah, I, well, <laughs> we learn later that uh, at least he's suited up in such a way. <laughs> And it goes right into the credits, which are your typical James Bond credits. You have your title song, in this case, Moonraker, by Shirley Bassey. Not my favorite Bond theme. No, this one's pretty fucking forgettable. Well, this one came in between The Spy Who Loved Me had Nobody Does It Better by Carly Simon, which I love that song. Which is which is good. And um, For Your Eyes Only by Sheena Easton, which I'm not, okay. not a fan, but it was a big hit. 
Well, I like Sheena Easton, but obviously I like View to a Kill. Because View to a Kill. Duranga. Oh, well, I like Durandra. The Living Daylights, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some good songs. Bond, Bond, a lot of good Bond themes, but this is not one yeah. of the strong Live and Let Die? <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. The Wing Wings, the Paul McCartney stuff. That's a, that's my second favorite Bond film. But Shirley Basie, she friggin' wailed it on Goldfinger. She's a great singer. This song, though, yep. uh, not, not good. Not very good. Bond gets his mission. Is that they're like, oh, well, they stole this rocket. Like, we couldn't find the rocket. Somebody stole it. So go by looking at the people who made the rope rocket, Drax Industries. Sadly, not the Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. No, it is not Drax. Though that would, how funny would the movie be with Drax playing that character? Especially the way that character is so literal with everything. Yeah. Oh god, that would have been beautiful. Because this Drax is like, he has some witty lines, but everything he says sounds like Valium. Well, he's he's basically the brain from Pinky and the Brain. He is, because he just speaks like this the whole movie, and he says some nice lines but it's just it's a very understated performance for the actor which i i it was kind of unnerving and i think really worked well for that character if i it's going to be completely fair so bond flies out to california and he learns that drax industries is like super billion dollar company that owns like the whole fucking state (laughs) and he's into space like conquering space like oh fuck it's elon musk i knew that guy was a bond villain yeah, it's basically Elon Musk. And Elon Musk is a Bond villain, right? Like we all agree with this. And yes, he is totally. He built flamethrowers for people. I mean, He's for a fuck's fucking, sake. He is actually a Bond villain. I'm convinced Elon Musk is legit a Bond villain. Yeah, I'm sure that Elon Musk has a uh, base built in a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So Q gives Bond a watch. We don't really get the Q scene because. Most Bond movies, we go from the briefing to the Q scene. Right. Where we see Q's headquarters and everybody's killing mannequins. And Q's like, oh, this is great. We killed many people. Uh, we get that scene way later in the movie, actually. Oh, yeah. When they end up in the safe house. Yeah. But usually that comes right after the briefing. So, But here, Q just like, here, take this watch. It shoots darts. Darts, yeah. Yeah, and it's got this huge fucking apparatus at the bottom that it's not conspicuous at all. You gotta keep your cuffs real low for this one. Yeah. So he shows up in California, and he's riding in a helicopter with this French woman. Who is Bond Girl 1. And we all know what happens to Bond Girl 1. Yeah, he's flirting with her. And she's talking about, oh, see, Drax owns everything. Whatever he doesn't own, is he doesn't want. Meanwhile, but, uh... The fuck's his name? Drax. I just called him Musk. <laughs> fucking shit. Has Moonraker just like sprayed over the top of his fucking facility? Yeah, where he builds these Moonraker rockets, which we learn. Or... Get that branding. Got to get that branding in. That you can see from space. Space, exactly. Which apparently we're told that Drax wants to own space. That just... Sounds like sounds like Elon Musk. Definitely sounds like Elon Musk. Elon must have seen this movie as a kid and like. I know what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be him. <laughs> and um, when we finally meet Drax, he has like these women in his in his place. And he's like, I will see you women later. Right, and he's playing piano, doing rich, crazy guy things. And he has these two, like, um, oh, what kind of dogs are they? Are they? Not sure. Are they, are they, are they Dobermans? I thought they were Dobermans. And he's just using these to intimidate Bond the whole time. Very well trained. And um, he introduces her to him to Doctor Holly Goodhead. Uh, best Bond girl name ever. Not even trying to hide the innuendo. <laughs> not like Pussy Galore. I mean, yeah, Pussy Galore is pretty pretty good too. But I just like my name's Goodhead. Like, is there? There's nothing else that could be. <laughs> And Bond, being the misogynist that he is, has trouble believing that she's an actual, like, scientist. He's like, what? A woman doing science? Huh? Incidentally, not the first scientist, not the last scientist that Bond will end up banging. <laughs> There's... We also have Denise Richard. Yeah, Christmas comes once a year. That's right. And so he tells Goodhead to give Bond a tour of the facility. And then tells his little Asian henchman. 
Look after Mr. Bond. See that some harm comes to him. <laughs> I do like that line. Some harm. Some harm. Well, every line in here tries to be fucking Goldfinger's. Do you expect me to talk, Goldfinger? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Every line Drax says is trying to capture that. So, good head. <laughs> she shows him the, uh, like, the, the G-Force thing. Yeah. And is explaining, like, oh, go for a ride, we'll get you up to three Gs, and you can feel what it's like at takeoff. And there's this chicken switch here if you want to use it. And I'm like, oh, this is just being all set up for a death trap. Right, and our... Our friend whose name escapes. What's this the the, the Asian guy's name? He has a name that like Chu. Is it Chu? I think it's Chu. I think it's Chu. Well, it's not odd job, but it's odd job. <laughs> it's 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 a B tier odd job odd job. Yeah, he sneaks in and just like disables all the safety controls and gets the thing up to like twelve G's. Yeah, which. Most of the time, if you're not wearing a G-suit, that will probably make you pass out. He manages to use his little wrist gun to disable the whole thing. And Goodhead comes out like, oh my god, I don't know what happened. And uh, Bond should be vomiting here at this point, but he doesn't because he's Bond. No, he he takes it in stride. He's a little lightheaded, but then he, he notices Chu in there, and he's like, I'm going to remember that motherfucker. <laughs> That's right. So that night, he goes to... to Flirt with the French girl. That's a Bond film, so everybody wants a piece. Yeah. And she's, like, not even trying to be a good employee. No. He's, like, going through the office, and she's like, what are you doing? Well, I'm just ransacking this office, <laughs> looking for stuff. Is there a safe? Yeah, it's right over there. Okay, here we go. And <laughs> his cigarette case is a safe cracker. And he takes the um, plans. He's, he's got a... He's got a Bond monogram on his spike. He does. 007 monogram on his spike. And he takes all these pictures of the all the blueprints and stuff of stuff. And this girl, she doesn't even try to stop him. Nope. And in fact, he's like, okay, now that that's done, let's fuck. And she's <laughs> like, let's go. Let's go, and that's exactly what they do. Um, and we're going to stop for a quick commercial break. The evil Hugo Drax is threatening to destroy all life on Earth, and only the great James Bond can stop him. And now you can help James Bond plan out his attack in the brand new James Bond action bedroom playset from Jenner. I'm going to stop the evil Drax. You come with me, pretty lady. The James Bond figurine comes with eight phrases from all his various adventures. Oh, ma'am, I didn't recognize you with your clothes on. Come on, pretty lady, let's do this. Oh, I'm sure I can lick you into shape, ma'am. The James Bond action bedroom playset comes with bed, set, condoms, batteries, and various lubricants. Action figures sold separately. Available wherever knockout toys are sold. Get your James Bond action bedroom playset from Jenner today. I'm going to put my penis inside of you. Hooray! And we're back, where we smash cut to a massacre of pheasants. Yeah, <laughs> pheasant is delicious. So hopefully they're eating those, not wasting them. But all these pheasants fly out of these trees, and men with shotguns just gun all of them down. And Drax is there like, yes, yes, kill the birds. Just like, yeah, like 20 dead pheasants on the ground. And Bond shows up, and he's telling Bond about, I love murdering the fuck out of some pheasants in the morning. <laughs> Bond's like, oh yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a noble sport. And his whole plan is he's going to get Bond to, like kill a pheasant, but they have a sniper in a tree. Yeah. And Bond being, you know, Bond, he misses the pheasant, but shoots the sniper. You missed. Did I? <laughs> he falls out of the tree. And so Bond goes back on his way. It's like, it's like Drax knows he's a British secret agent. <laughs> he's, and he's a great shot. Like, he knows all this about him. Just, he sets up that sniper just to get literally killed. <laughs> he must not have liked that guy. Like, well, they all always think that they can outsmart Bond. Every single villain. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't be a Bond film without uh, Megalomania, right? So, Bond goes on his way, and Drax calls over the French girl. And is like, you're fired. I'm terminating your employment. And sicks the fucking dogs on her. 
Well, we all know the first Bond girl dies every time. But this is the second one. He had Plain Girl. I don't know, but like the first story, Bond girl. Yeah, like in Goldfinger, that one girl gets painted gold after Bond yeah, bangs exactly. her. Yep. So Bond goes to Venice following a lead from the blueprints of this Venny Glass Company. With it's all handcrafted glass, which I'm like, really, really, is this how musk he is that he has to do handcrafted glass for his yes has yet unknown megalomaniac scheme? Yeah, exactly. And there's this beautiful glass museum, and this woman giving a tour, talking about all the history and how valuable everything is there because it's important later. to know that, yeah, well, none of this stuff is surviving because <laughs> it's a Bond film. And we know Bond gives no shits about <laughs> property of other people. And he, he, he runs into to Goodhead, yep. who's apparently doing a seminar, she says. <clears throat> yes, a- allegedly a He's seminar. like, oh, I keep forgetting you're more than just a beautiful woman. Fucking misogynist. Yeah, it's, well, it's, you know. 1978, 79 Bond. Sounds about right. Yeah, he's like, let's go get a drink later. And he hops onto his gondola where we have that fucking gondola with the coffin goes by. Hell yes. And this, the coffin opens and this knife thrower pops out with this whole array of knives that he starts throwing at Bond. Which Bond then promptly bodies this dude. And luckily he's already in the coffin. Yeah, so. and the coffin goes... Easy, easy burial. And Bond reveals that he's got super gondola here. He just, like, throws open this thing, and he's got a full-speed throttle. That's right. Now we got a gondola chase. Yeah, we which get is this big-ass boat chase. Fuck yes. Gondola chase in Venice. Let's go, boys. And it ends in the most ridiculous fucking way, because he, he pops up on land. He turns his gondola into this fucking, like, hovercraft. Yeah, he's got a gondola hovercraft. And he's going through this plaza, and everybody's, like, looking like, what the fuck is this gondola? And he's just <laughs> smiling and waving at people like nothing. And this is this is the point where I like, this is why I like the Roger Moore Bond movies. Because it's just, like, he's got this, like, really smarmy, like, charm to him, but also super fucking campy, and I don't know how Roger Moore walks that line. Yeah, that he can still save the day despite how campy he is. Like, campy and charming at the same time. Like, I don't know how you do that, but that's he manages to walk that line better than anybody. <laughs> Who else can sell a gondola hovercraft? The closest I can imagine is Chris Pratt in everything Chris Pratt does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, like, in the Jurassic Park movies he's in, he's, like, really fucking stupid, but he's, like, this great hunter with velociraptors. Right, exactly. I think I think you're, I think think you're. that's a good comparison. If they ever did an American Bond with Chris Pratt, that's, this would be yeah. like... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Bond goes back to the glass company and finds that they have this secret lab where they're making a chemical, which he happens to leave out, and it murders the scientists, but not the rats. Thank God, not the rats. Yep, the rats are fine. Rats are immune to it. So Bond's like, okay, I've got some information. And then he's suddenly attacked by a screaming kendo warrior. And all I can think of is a uh, fucking Pink Panther. Kato. Yeah, because this guy, no subtlety at all. He is just screaming. And he's not screaming words. Just, nope, just smacking at the kendo stick. Which, Bond seems very afraid of this kendo stick. And look, it would hurt like hell to get hit by it, but it's not lethal. <laughs> That's why it's a sport in high school in Japan. It's fencing. It's fencing. It's like getting poked with a fencing foil. I mean, yeah, it hurt. And they end up in the uh, the glass museum where they smash every fucking thing. All of this historic glass that we learned, you know, oh, this was hand blown in the 12th century. Smash. (laughs) Worth millions of U.S. dollars. Smash. They smash up the whole fucking museum. Then they end up, like, at the top of this clock tower. And Bond just yeets him through the glass clock. Yeah, and there's, like... Into some expensive piano There's below. some fucking opera happening down below. And he crashes into the piano, and Bond just looks down and goes, Play it again, Sam! That's right, and walks off. It's like, 
okay, so Bond just destroyed like a good $10 million worth of Italian property, and he doesn't yeah. care. Bill it, to, uh, bill it to the British government. MI6 has got this. He's, they got it. It's fine. It's fine. So he goes to see Goodhead, and he's just fucking around in her apartment with like, everything and realizing that she's got all of these spy toys. Right. You know, like, she has this perfume that sprays fire, and he goes, oh, your scent is overpowering. Yeah. She's got, like, a pen that pops into a knife. And, um... So he's like, I know you're not really a scientist, you're a CIA operative. She's like, no, I'm really a scientist that's also a CIA operative, you fucking misogynist prick. That's right. And he's like, whatever, let's bang it out. Let's pool our resources, and I'm just like, just don't make too big of a pool, because then someone's going to sleep Somebody's in Somebody's got to clean that bed. <laughs> and so Bond brings his bosses, you know, M and, like, the Minister of Defense to Venice to raid this lab, which is now gone, and Drax is just sitting in there playing piano or some shit. Because, again, he's so rich, he can have that whole place converted in, like, a matter of in, hours, Into I his guess. personal piano studio. And he's like, hi, guys, did you need something? Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, but he has this phone call where he's like, oh, yeah, my uh, Chew or whoever died. I yeah. need a new assassin, and we don't get to hear who. He's like, oh, fuck yeah, is he available? Yeah, totally. And if you, if you get, can get him, if you get him, fuck yes. Yeah, I want that guy. And um, we see a shot of Jaws going through airline customs, and that's that super assassin that Drax got all, got all half-trub over. That's right. Is our boy Jaws. And so Bond knows he has to go to Rio de Janeiro, but the Minister of Defense is like, Take Bond off this case. And Im's like, why don't you take two weeks uh, paid leave? Take a vacation in where, Rio. Yeah, where would you like to go? I always wanted to see Rio. Uh-huh, I think you should do that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So he goes to Rio, and we're going to have a commercial break real quick. Hello, this is Dr. Holly Goodhead. Yes, I am a woman capable of bursting through those glass ceilings. Despite what some boomer misogynistic shit says, looking at you, Mr. Bond, women can be quite capable and even outperform men in all fields of STEM. And we're only getting 70% of what men get paid to. Can you believe that? Does that sound familiar to you? Most women are just as good as bullying some fucking idiot that liked The Last Jedi to suicide. When some dumb bandwagon fan tries to say that Rose was the best addition to Star Wars franchise, it is up to us, strong women, to gatekeep and let them know just what a loser poser they are. I fly space shuttles for a living and could tell you the Last Jedi doesn't know shit about space. You can trust me on that one, for I am Dr. Holly Goodhead, a woman. And if us women don't call out misogyny and idiocracy of The Last Jedi fans, then who will? So he gets into his suite the presidential suite at his Rio hotel, which comes with a bartender. Yeah. Well, someone for him to bang, apparently. He's just a walking hard on. Yeah, because he, he, he sits her down on the couch. He's like, well, I don't have to be anywhere for a couple hours. How are we going to kill this time? And just starts shoving his tongue down her throat. <laughs> Bond girl, what, number three, four here? <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, I guess three. No, no, no. Well, plain girl, French four. girl, good head, bartender. Yeah. Four. Yeah, I guess it would be four for the movie. It's a pretty high count for Bond, for Bond, actually. So he breaks into the Drax Industries building and um, leaves her to, to keep guard. <laughs> it's like, There's well, a fucking per, like a big party going on in Rio. Carnivale. Uh, are, are we getting Carnivale? Yeah, are we? Is it that time? I think so. Creepy looking giant with a motherfucking clown head. I'm like, oh god, am I watching Santa Sangre again? Like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck am I? <laughs> Big giant clown comes after this girl, takes his head off and its jaws. 
Like, oh, okay. It's Jaws. And Just then, Jaws. Thank <laughs> God. And, um, there's a bar next door, and these people are, like, doing a fucking conga line and drag Jaws away. And then we have the shot that I laughed at forever. They go to this place, and there is a furry samba band. <laughs> They're all wearing, like, fursona costumes. There's a wolf and a rabbit, and they're, they're playing samba music, and I'm like... What happens in Carnival? <laughs> yeah. This is a fucking furry samba band. And so Bond and Goodhead are gonna take this cable car up, and Jaws, and he's got a, a henchman with him that are fucking with the cable car to try and kill Bond. Somehow Jaws chews through one of these cables. <laughs> yeah, and then he takes his own cable car down to meet them. And Goodhead asks, who's that? Oh, his name is Jaws. He kills people. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I, I know this guy. Yeah. And they, they fight against Jaws uh, before Bond gets out of chain and they zip line down the cable where they're captured by bad guys. While trying to fuck on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's like, oh, hey, let's fuck right here in the on the grass. We also see some great ads from 7-Up. We do. They crash through one. Um, Jaws crashes into one, and he's all beat up, and he's got this wheel, and he's saved by this tiny, tiny blonde woman. And it's love at first sight. It's playing the fucking da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da, yeah. you know. It's like, she's like literally half his height. I know, this woman's like five feet tall, and he's like fucking this monster. And so... Bond and Goodhead are on the ambulance. They fight. Bond falls off the ambulance while it continues driving up to Drax's mansion. Or hideout, or whatever it is. Right. We see a Marlboro ad, which would not actually ever happen in a PG movie. <laughs> no. In and 2022. Then we suddenly get Bond wearing a sarape and riding a horse, and it's playing the fucking... Magnificent Seven theme song. I was gonna say we're in a western now, boys. <laughs> and he goes to like this this mission, and there's these friars doing kung fu. Wrong kind of monks. Uh, I'm surprised Bond Bond doesn't just immediately incinerate while entering a monastery. By the way, <laughs> although I wrote down the note of the fighting friars. It's the de- it's the de- it's the demon deacons like Wake Forest. Yeah. And it's actually an MI6 safe house. Q is there, M is there, and, you know, Q has all of his death things that he's showing off. He's like, look at these bolas that blow people's heads off. Look at this uh, machine gun that's disguised as a sleeping Mexican man. Bolas, 007. Good. Have that ready for Army Day. Yes, sir. That's right. <laughs> He was a fucking psychopath, but we love him anyway. Oh, man, these things are great at killing people, but mass-produce them. Well, they got the laser. They got the, the the lasers that will become relevant later out there. Yeah, and so they learn, um, they analyze the chemical that he got and learns that it comes from a rare orchid that only grows in one place in Brazil. Uh, and they show a big chemistry thing. I'm like, oh, God, we're hitting the O-chem again. Yep. Like PTSD to college. Yeah, because it's the big like chemical formula. And Bond yeah, asks, "Show me the formula." Like you fucking know, Bond. So Q gives him a boat, and we have another boat chase. This movie has two boat chases. I would like to point at this point we're now back in the fucking Amazon for like the sixtieth time on this show, and I just can't escape that place. Apparently. Yep, yeah, he's he's speedboating through the green inferno. Yeah, I'm, I'm really. <laughs> really worried we're about to get attacked by natives and he's just his boat shits out mines that's that's the special thing it does mines torpedoes yeah, yeah no, homing torpedoes yeah lots of shit blowed up real good yep michael bay a young michael bay was pleased yeah he was probably in high school at this point being very heavily influenced by <laughs> all these great explosion movies had a drive-in with a date that's trying to get his attention, and he's like, "Look, blows up, <laughs> explosions." It's like, well, it looks like you're already finished, so uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get going. See you at school, Mike. 
enjoy those explosions. <laughs> Bond ends up in this, like, finds all of these, basically, they come out like wood nymphs. <laughs> well, you would know a thing or two about this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As I've met one. That's right. But they, um... It's just this whole place of beautiful women, and there's like this lagoon, and Bond is like in heaven. I meanwhile, I'm like, I feel like I've seen this movie before too. Yeah, it's, and then they just um, he stands on this rock that just yeets him into the water where he has to fight Anaconda. Yeah, we're now in the Anaconda prequel for some reason. God damn it, I can't escape. <laughs> And Bond happens to have that little tiny pen knife that he shows through the snake's head. Yep, sorry, snake. And Drax comes out and he says this really good line. Mr. Bond, you defy all my attempts to plan an amusing death for you. <laughs> That's right. So disappointed. I am disappointed. Son, I am disappointed. <laughs> Which I'm sure Elon Musk has said to NASA. Yeah, <laughs> And so he basically, we get that he's launching all of these Moonraker rockets into space. He's like, and he's not saying what he's doing really yet. Unlike your normal blonde villain that gets their monologue of, I'm going to destroy the world in this many ways. Right, no real villain monologue here yet. He saves that for space. Yeah, he um leads Bond and Goodhead, she's there, Yep. into this room. Which happens to be right under the rocket. He's like, you're all going to burn to death by... Keeps trying to find those fun ways to kill him. Yeah, like, Drax doesn't carry a gun. <laughs> I will give this to Drax. He has got a penchant for the theatrical. And no simple death will do. Yeah, I hate this man so much he has to die spectacularly. Yeah. He's a true artiste of murder. And so... Of course, Bond and Goodhead escape through an air duct. Because it's a Bond film. And they, they steal some pilot outfits to sneak aboard a shuttle. And we're finally in space! We are, in fact, in space. And it's a pre-programmed route, so they're just going along for the ride. Yeah, it's a, it's a cruise. <laughs> yeah. I, my daughter is watching with the movie at this point and goes, I want to go to space, so I'm like... Maybe in your maybe in your life you'll get to go. I don't think mommy and I are making it. Well, we have all these billionaires that are just taking luxury trips to space lately. I know. Well, eventually the price will go down. That's right, but I, like I said, I don't think that will be my lifetime. But and they've got Bond's like, let's look at the cargo, and it's all these couples that are just fucking making out with each other. Yeah, we've got. Uh... At this point, we realize, oh, I think I know what Drax is planning. Yeah, and Bond is like, and they loaded the Ark with the animals two by two. And Goodhead's like, what? He's like, I know what's happening here. And we just have nothing but these couples just fucking honeymoon phase here. Right. Like, there's a big... It's a half breath away from an orgy happening on that shuttle. (laughs) Right. And they discover this big-ass space station... And we take ten minutes looking at every angle of this space station. Yeah. We watch every single rocket dock into this space station, one by one. Someone is really proud of their space station model. This is like that scene in Star Trek The Motion Picture, <laughs> where it takes ten minutes to show you the Enterprise. <laughs> it's the opening scene from Spaceballs. Yeah. And they're like, wow, look, an entire city in space. Like, yes, the floating city that they're going to fucking yeet into the space fist? That's right, that's right. It's it's the same city. (laughs) But we learned that Jaws is there with his girlfriend. Yep, they seem very happy. And Drax, you know, gives this speech about, we're going to kill everybody and build a new super race of perfect people. You Uh, will seed the planet. This is your dynasty. Yeah, in the untainted cradle of the heavens will be created a new super race, a race of perfect physical specimens. You have been selected as its progenitors. Like gods, your offspring will return to Earth and shape it in their image. 
I'm like, oh, okay, so he's in, he's a, he's into the eugenics stuff. Gotcha. So they kind of got the Nazi part from the book. Yeah. Because <laughs> he talks about um, a new race of supermen. Now, it, there is no, it doesn't seem to be any sort of racial eugenics here. He's just picking the biggest, strongest, and prettiest people. Yeah, and he's got all of these globes of chemicals that he's going to circle around the Earth to just destroy all the humans on the Earth because this chemical that he's developed only kills humans. As, as, as we've seen. As we've seen, yes. So animals and plants are fine. Humans, fuck them all. I have my own race of super people in space. He's got to preserve the natural order, as he says. And so he recognizes Bond, and he has another good line, where it's a very e- Elon Musk thing to say. You appear with the tedious inevitability of an unloved season. <laughs> hey, some, Drax gets some great lines. They wrote some good stuff for this guy. And Drax is like, see, look, this is my space city. These are my perfect people. And this is the airlock where you're all going to die. <laughs> That's right. This is the place we're going to have you exit. And Bond is really clever here because Jaws is there with his girlfriend. And Bond is like, so you only want perfect people? No defects, you know, just perfect. And Jaws realizes that him and his girlfriend are not perfect. Right. That, you know, Drax is probably going to yeet them out. Once once Earth is dead, Jaws and his girlfriend are gone. She does have a name. Dolly? Is that the character's name? I think. I think it's only in, like, the credits or something. Yeah, nobody ever speaks it. But anyway, yeah, they obviously don't fit uh, Elon Musk's view of... <laughs> Perfect reality. Yep. And so Jaws turns side and helps Bond fight. Meanwhile, back on Earth, the Russians and Americans are fighting over, we just see this the giant space city. Is it yours? <laughs> yeah, right. And so they send up the, the Marines to space, literal space Marines. They are actual back space Marines. And they come up in their in their shuttle and it opens and space Marines float out. And Drax's people float out, and we have this goofy-ass space fight. We have... The, the, the funny thing about this, though, is if this were to actually happen in real life, this is much closer to how it would look <laughs> than we see in any other movie. Well, because everyone floats around so slow, and then they shoot a laser, and once you get hit with the laser, they're spinning off into nowhere. The, Im- the impact. They got these little backpacks on, because it turns out we can't really maneuver in space very well. Yeah, they're just, like, kind of thrusting around with these backpacks. This is exactly what this would look like, though, and that's how silly it is, but it's... <laughs> It's shockingly close to what it would be in reality if that happened. So Drax's whole plan is going down the t- drain, and Bond confronts uh, Drax, kicks him into an airlock, airlock, and says, Take a giant step for mankind! Fucking yeets him into space. <laughs> he shoots him with the dart. The the poison dart. The poison the cyanide, dart. The cyanide dart. And then he's like, ah, dying, and kicks him into the airlock, and he floats off into space. And so Goodhead and Bond, they're trying to escape on a rocket, but there's things. It's it's stuck. And so they ask Jaws and his girlfriend, who are having our champagne at the moment. That's right. And as we get dra- we get uh, Jaws' one line where he goes, well, here's to us. Yeah. They're popping some champagne. Which he pulls the cork out with his teeth. Well, I mean. I mean, if this you're dude can, This dude can bite through cable, like gondola cable so it cares about you to chew anything apparently so bond and goodhead they they take their moon raker and they they shoot the first of three the first two of three globes that were released because each one can kill a hundred million people so they're skidding across the atmosphere of earth and having to switch to manual control to kill the last one which of course they do and um they're cruising in space when they get the phone call from Earth. You know, and we've got Buckingham Palace on the line. That's right. And it just match cuts to Bond and Goodhead fucking in space. That's right. And M's They ask like, him what oh, he's doing, and he's like, he's attempting re-entry. I'm attempting nice. re-entry. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well done. This is like dry British humor. Love it. And so he, he turns off the, the camera... You know, knowing the queen just saw his dong, 
right. As it exited a woman. <laughs> it was attempting reentry, apparently. In zero gravity. And then that would have been Queen Elizabeth. Yep. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> because she was queen literally doing all of these Bond films. She was. Um, apparently she was queen for like 70-something years. Yeah. Longest longest reign in British uh, history, English history. Yeah. It's hell of a life, I tell you. Goodhead takes Bond into her arms and goes, take me around the world one more time. And we get the ending credits, and that's it. Yep. Good evening. This is Hugo Drax of Drax Industries. I am the richest person in the world. I own all of space, and therefore, I own the Earth too. I have decided that the vast majority of Earth's population must be completely wiped out. You see, five years ago, a movie was released called The Last Jedi, and there are actually people that liked that movie. I have decided that even one person on Earth liked that movie, then the majority of the human race must die. I am a billionaire that owns space. I can make these decisions, and there's nothing you can do about it. I am, however, saving a few select humans to create a new race of pure superhumans. People with good sense. To know that the last Jedi was a giant middle finger to all of us big-brained individuals who adore the Star Wars franchise. If you would like to be spared from the devastation, I will bring you to the human race and join my master race of J.J. Abrams fanboys and girls. Please visit my AOL homepage of The Last Jedi Sucks to apply. This is Hugo Drax, hoping to save the planet Earth from itself. You know, Bond will return in For Your Eyes Only. Which, this time, he, he does. He fact, does. Return in For Your Eyes Only. No, no, no reshuffling of Bond films this time. We may revisit some Roger Moore Bond films. Uh, that's not a hard sell for me. I love the Roger Moore Bond movies. I mean, so this one could have been about 30 minutes shorter, but. I mean, especially the Robert, no, not Robert, the Roger Moore era falls into what we do. Yeah. Well, this is camp. It's, it is, they are campy. Yeah. So, yeah, that was Moonraker. Not the best, but not the worst when it comes to Bond. I mean, it's definitely, it's not even my favorite Roger Moore. I like Man with the Golden Gun, but like, uh, it's good, it's fun. I mean, it is too long though. For this kind of movie, this movie needed to be more like a brisk, like hour 30, hour 35, somewhere around there. It was full two hours, something like, okay. You could, you, we could have done without some of the, uh, you know, uh, uh, ooing and aahing over the space station model. And it's, it's got the good action movie, um, Pace, uh, the way, not necessarily pacing, because this movie could have been shorter, but the way it, there's all this action and adventure, and then it ends with the, this is the villain's big goal that now you have to stop, like every single Marvel movie. Right, it, it's, it, it follows the very tried and true action movie formula. Yeah, and it Which, works. there's a reason it works, because it, it balances the highs and lows of action and drama and in such a way that makes the brain not just become numb to whatever's going on at the given moment. And they give you a nice high-stakes climax. Yep. Like, right before this, uh, Spy Who Loved Me, you had a dude that was going to flood the whole world. That was his goal. He was going to put the whole world underwater. Well, Drax would have just put him in his space arcs and... Yep, and destroy everybody. And his... Right. Space Nazi Hugo von Drax. <laughs> um, it's a fun movie, you know. It's not the worst Bond movie. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things Bond movies do well because of you know, like I because they do so well at the formula. As long as your lead isn't Timothy Dalton, um, no, 
That's... He wasn't terrible. I know. I'm I'm being a, I'm being a jerk. Uh, he's it, they do well. Like they follow a, a specific formula that works. And there's a reason there's been I don't know how many Bond movies are like thirty Bond movies now. Yeah, there's quite a lot. Because it, it works and it's worked for fifty years, right? Fifty years? More than fifty years? Uh, I just googled how many are there. Twenty-seven movies in fifty-nine years. Yeah, almost sixty years. This is a franchise that has been going on for almost sixty years and is still successful because we, the formula ju- works. We just had that No Time to Die come out this year. True. Where Billie Eilish did the music. Well, the theme, not the, the soundtrack. Just not the, the soundtrack. Theme. I mean, if, if if Die Another Day didn't kill the franchise, I don't think there's a movie that could kill the franchise. Yeah. I mean, well, usually franchises go to space to die, and Bond went to space and just kept on going. That's right. Got stronger. Yeah. Uh, you know, Fast and the Furious also fall on that same route. They just went to space. And there's another movie. There's another movie. It's one of the most profitable franchises of all time. So, so next week we are looking at Left Behind. We're doing Christ exploitation, which is totally a thing. Yeah, it is. You know, even the Wikipedia article about exploitation films calls Christ exploitation a thing. It's not something we made up. And we'll be looking at Left Behind, the 2014 version with Nicolas Cage. This is going to be the first of many appearances on of Nicolas Cage. Although we're not doing a Cage month. It's just, he's in a lot of stuff that's relevant to us. Uh, I'm glad we're doing the Nicolas Cage one because I'm not sure even, as, as strong of stomachs as we have, I'm not sure we could handle the Kurt Cameron one. Oh yeah, we couldn't. I think that might be too much even for us. But um, that was Moonraker. Hope you enjoyed it. Big thanks to Charlie McMullen, William Wright, and Martha Page for recording the advertisements heard in this episode. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review to let others know. Help get the word out. For more episodes, check out our website, exploitatpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast Exploit or on Instagram at Exploit at Podcast. Or contact us at Exploit at Podcast at gmail.com. Join us next time for Left Behind. <laughs>